Praise the Lord. Okay, everybody stand up on your feet. Come on, shake a leg. Hallelujah. Amen. Scratch anywhere you need to real quickly. Praise the Lord. Stretch your legs and your arms. Wow. Wasn't that a great song? Man. Hallelujah. Amazing. Praise the Lord. All right, let's pray together. Lord, we receive your word today. Your word is forever settled in heaven. You give us ears to hear, eyes to see, and a heart to receive your word. That we receive with meekness. We humble ourselves for fresh revelation, the engrafted word. That word is not just an external thing, but it works in us, engrafted in us. And that word is able to save and deliver and heal our soul, our mind, our will, our emotions, our whole life. Well, your word works mightily and effectually in us who believe. We trust the Holy Spirit to give us fresh revelation, bring to our remembrance fresh application that we'll apply the word and act on the word. We thank you, Lord, for the Holy Ghost helping us today. Bring to our remembrance, give us fresh revelation in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. amen. You can sit down if you want to. Praise the Lord. Wow. Uh, this morning we're talking about who you are in Christ. Everybody say in Christ. We're talking about your identification with Christ or who you are in Christ. And when we talk about that, the two words in Christ, in Christ or in him or in whom, that phrase is in the New Testament 130 times, 130 times. Everybody say 130 times. 130 times. Primarily in Paul's letters in Romans, Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Colossians, primarily Paul's letters. The two words are in there 130 times. That must mean the Holy Spirit has some significant reason for repeating that phrase 130 times in Christ, in him, in whom. When I was 17 years old, of course, my dad was a pastor, so I heard a lot of great sermons and great preachers and uh, had been dedicated to the Lord since I was a baby. Then I got rededicated many times, and then I got baptized in water. Uh, they tried several different methods on me to see which one would work. So they did uh, in the name of Jesus and the Trinity. Then they just held me under water for a while to see which one would work. But 17 years old, uh, my dad and Four deacons got me out of jail, so I was not doing too well. And uh, I came back to the church, and a guy by the name of Kenneth E. Hagan, we call him Dad Hagan, he was there teaching, and he would teach for two weeks at a time on the subject of faith. So he taught on faith so much, I thought he had run out of sermon material. I thought, this guy needs a few new sermons. He kept teaching on faith. Well, what I didn't know is that Jesus had told him to go and teach my people faith. So that's what the Lord gave him, that assignment, go teach my people faith. And actually, he said, the Lord told him, don't preach faith. He said, you have a lot of preachers. He said, but I need you to teach my people faith. Tell people how faith works. 
So Dad Hagen came in. He was there for two weeks and taught us a course on Mark eleven twenty three, what we call the authority of the believer. That means every believer has tremendous authority over devils and demons and evil spirits. Uh, and we have authority that we're not just a victim in life to whatever shows up, that we have uh, authority. And so mountain-moving authority. And so I studied that, and I was pretty impressed with Mark eleven twenty-three. Any of y'all ever read Mark eleven twenty-three? and you're like, you say, wow, wow. Then you say that backwards, wow. That Jesus said, your faith in God, that whosoever shall say, whosoever shall say, Jesus said, have faith in God. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Well, when I was 17 years old, man, when he started teaching that, I thought, that's amazing just to have faith in God and the authority that I have as a believer that my, my words, the words that I speak, not just at church, but every day can either bring me victory or defeat. And so Jesus said, faith, faith begins by speaking. Jesus said, you have to say. So Jesus said, say three times and believe once. And Dad Hagen said, you'll have to teach three times more on the saying part of faith than you do on the believing part, or most people will never understand it. They'll never get it. So he had to teach on the saying part three times, that whosoever shall say. In other words, faith works by saying. Faith works by speaking. Or you could say it this way, if you have your Bible in your hand, the Lord said to me one time, he said, the word of God is a spoken thing. The word of God is a spoken thing. He said, it was spoken before it was written. And it was written so it could be spoken. He said, the word of God did not come out of God's pen. It came out of God's mouth. It needs a voice. Whenever you take God's word and put it in your mouth, we call that mouth-to-mouth -mouth resuscitation from God. Amen. So you're not just reading the word, but you take God's word and put it in your mouth. So faith in God or the God kind of faith must have a voice. All right, let's try that one more time. I said the God kind of faith must have a voice, must have a voice. Or you could say it this way, if your faith is not strong enough to move your mouth, it will never move a mountain. Okay, let's try that one more time. Amen. Because we talk about times you have strong faith. Sometimes you feel like you may have weak faith. But he said your faith must be strong enough to move your mouth or it will never move a mountain. In other words, Jesus said here in Mark eleven twenty three 23 that the speaking part of faith is the initial act of faith. In other words, faith by definition is more than just mental or intellectual. Faith must have 
corresponding action. Are y'all still here? In other words, you would ask somebody, how would you act if you believe that? Right, so no matter what the scripture says, and you can mentally assent that that's a true scripture, but until it gets out into your action, amen, then it's not really faith. It's mental assent or it's intellectual knowledge. So how would you act if you believe that means that faith must have corresponding action? Y'all still with me here? So faith is, requires action. Or you could say it this way. Not only does it require action, but the simplest or initial act of faith is your mouth. Y'all still here? Your mouth. Have you located that lately? Your mouth, that's the thing underneath your nose. That's the thing that moves mountains is your voice or your words. So if, if your faith I like to say it this way, too. Says the Lord said to me, he says, your mountain needs to hear your voice. You and I, you need to hear your pastor's voice. You need to hear the preacher's voice. But your mountain needs to hear your voice. Come on, it's your mountain. You talk to it. Jesus didn't say he was going to talk to it for you. Come on, your preacher can't talk to it for you. Jesus said, you have authority as a believer, and you say to your mountain. In other words, don't talk about the mountain. Talk to the, the mountain. Amen. So instead of, uh, instead of studying the mountain, I mean, I ever had a problem that looked real big, and you, you, the more details you found out about how that big the mountain was, the more overwhelmed you became. So instead of studying the mountain, come on, you studied your faith in God, and then you said to the mountain, what? Be removed. And the Lord told me one time, he said, if you knew what was on the other side of your mountain, you would move it. In other words, y'all still with me here? In other words, Satan will throw everything he can at you to stop your destiny, to hinder your blessing. The Lord said, if you knew what was on the other side of that mountain, you would move it. In other words, the enemy's trying to block you from God's best blessings for your life, from your future and your destiny. But you have authority as a believer. Amen. So he said, you say to the mountain. What does that mean? That means you say, Mr. Mountain, I would like to talk to you. <laughs> mountain, what does that mean? Anything too big for you, anything that looks unchangeable, anything that looks impossible, anything that looks like it's permanent, anything that looks like it'll never change. Are y'all still, how many ever had a problem? You think, that's always going to be there. I mean, they ain't never going to change. Then you become hopeless, don't you? You just think that's never going to change. But Jesus said, there is no mountain in your life that is immovable. There is no situation in your life that you cannot change. That mountain will move. <laughs> Amen. 
whether it's a physical thing, whether it's a mental thing, come on, whether it's an emotional thing. I love the way Smith Wigglesworth said it. Any person can be changed by faith no matter how he may be fettered. Y'all know what the word fettered means? That's just an old English word that means what? Bound. Any person can be changed by faith no matter how they may be bound. You know what that means? The devil cannot make a bondage that your faith cannot break off of you. I said the devil cannot make a bondage that your faith cannot break off of you. That means it don't matter whether it's physical or mental or emotional or financial. In other words, faith works the same in every area of life. And I got some good news. God has given you a measure of the God kind of faith. You got that measure on the inside of you. Come on, he's given you authority as a believer. What you going to do with it? Amen. You have that God kind of faith. Amen. You have the spirit of faith. What you going to do with it? Amen. Don't let it lie dormant. Faith requires what? Action. The initial act of faith. I probably told you this before, but I'm thinking about it right now. It's the first time that I went into the men's restroom at an airport. The first time I went into a men's restroom at an airport that had motion-activated water faucets. First time. This was, who knows, 40 years ago, long time. And I used to fly some there in Louisiana. And I went into the men's restroom somewhere, and it had motion-activated water faucets. That really threw me. I mean, uh, I walked into the men's restroom, and I went over to the water faucet there in the sink, and I was looking for the handle. <laughs> it, didn't, it didn't have a handle. It didn't have nothing to push up, nothing to turn, no handle. So I thought, well, I've been to some other countries, so sometimes they might have a pedal underneath. So I looked <laughs> underneath, and I thought... You know, maybe they have something you push with your foot, you know. So I look underneath, and there's nothing under there. So I just stood there for a minute. I thought, you know, I've been to college. I got a degree. <laughs> and, and I cannot figure out how to get water out of that water fountain. I mean, here's the faucet. You know there's water there. I can't figure out how to get it out. So I just stood there, you know. I thought, well, I'm I'm fairly smart guy, I mean, right? About 40 years old, you ought to be smart. So, so I thought, I'm smart, been to college. So I just stepped there. I just backed off and stood there for a while. Directly in comes this other guy. So he comes in, and he walks over to the sink, and he put his hand under the water faucet, and he waved it like that, and the water came out. I thought, wow, this guy is like a miracle man. <laughs> he just waved his hand and the water came out. Wow. And he walks over to the paper towels and he waved in front of the paper towel. <laughs> and a paper towel came out. And I went, I need to introduce myself to this man. He's a miracle man. Well, after he walked out, I thought, well, I'm just going to try to do the same thing he did. So, so I walked over to the water faucet, 
put my hand in there and the water came out. And I went, I am a miracle man also. <laughs> I went to the paper towels, waving paper towel. I'm, and then I saw the sign on the wall and it said, everything is motion activated. Well, a lot of times people look into the Word of God. They know that there's promises in there, precious promises. Come on, there's healing in there. There's salvation in there. there there's deliverance in there. There's victory in there. There's blessing in there. You know it's all in there. Come on. But you're saying, how am I supposed to get this out? Where's the handle at? You know, there's the handle up there. And then you found out that faith is motion activated. So the moment you act on the word, come on, salvation comes out and healing comes out and blessing comes out and victory comes out. The moment you act on the word. Y'all still with me here? So faith is what? An act. It's motion activated. Are y'all with me? But the initial act of faith is your faith must move your mouth. All right, let's just try this out over here. In other words, the initial act of faith, and that's how you got saved. All right, let's try this out. How did you get saved? Come on, you confessed with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Believed in your heart, God raised him from the dead, and you got saved, born again, passed from death to life because you said Jesus is my Lord. That's your confession of faith. So that's the initial act of faith is the saying or the speaking part of faith. Y'all still here? Mark eleven twenty three, Mountain moving. Jesus said that the mountain will be what? Removed. And then he said it will be what? Cast into the sea. What does that mean? Well, if it's cast into the sea, he didn't say just move it to your neighbor's yard. He said that mountain will be removed and cast into the sea. What does it mean cast into the sea? That means the sea has the capacity to dissolve it, which means that it's not coming back. Are y'all still here? Let me try it one more time. He said the mountain that looked impossible cast into the sea means it's not going to come back. What else does it mean? That means there be no evidence it was ever there. Come on. Some of y'all are facing things right now, but you have authority as a believer, and that situation has to change. Go into the sea, never come back, and there'll be no evidence it was ever there. Come on. You'll have to be... A You'll have to testify that you used to have a problem like that, but your faith in Jesus moved that mountain. Go ahead and laugh for a minute and say, ah. Oh. Everybody say, I have faith. Faith in God. Faith in the blood of Jesus. Faith in the name of Jesus. Faith in the word of God. And I will not be quiet about it. I will say, I will say, and I will have what I say. Amen. What I say. Amen. So you don't have to have 
You don't have to have what other people say. All right, let's try that again. So you don't have to have what other people say. You don't have to get all intimidated, you know. Do you know what they said about me? Well, just don't repeat it. I mean, <laughs> you don't have to have what other people say. Jesus said you have what you say. Amen. Amen. So let's look at this. If you're silent, if you're silent, if you're silent, you will lose by default. That means you never did show up for the fight. If you're silent. I don't know about you, but me, or maybe other people, when you get under a lot of pressure, you're having a challenge. Sometimes you don't say nothing negative, but sometimes you just go quiet. How many of y'all ever been under pressure? You're frustrated and you just go. People say, what's wrong with you? You don't say nothing. Any of y'all ever had that? So if pressure makes you go silent, then that's going to hinder your faith. So if you want your authority as a believer to work, you're going to have to say something. So when you're under pressure instead of going silent, when your feelings are bombarding you, Come on, when your emotions are bombarding you. Instead of going silent, take the word of God and put that in your mouth. And then just agree with God. In other words, I'm just going to say what God says right now. You know, my mama's favorite scripture was Psalms 27. Now, you know, she, my mama knew a lot of scripture and she would confess a lot of scripture. She loved all the in Christ scriptures, and she would say all those. But on a daily basis, she would say Psalms 27 <laughs> every day. So my mama would say Psalm 27. You ready? She would say, the Lord is my light. Uh, and I, and I, I've got a, I've got a low, low voice, but my mother also had kind of a low voice, especially in the morning. She would say, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? All right, all right, so, so a lot of times people, I'll say, do you believe the Bible, right? And people say, I believe the Bible. I say, do you believe Psalm 27? You say, yes, I believe Psalm 27. But Jesus didn't say you have what you believe. He said you have what you say. So it's not enough to believe Psalm 27. Somebody's going to have to say, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? So my mama would add, I am strong in the Lord. I'm strong spiritually. I'm strong mentally. I'm strong physically. I'm strong emotionally. I'm strong financially. 
spiritually. And the scripture says, let the weak say, I am strong. So you cannot be silent and expect your faith to work. Your faith must have a voice. Amen. Everybody say, my faith has a voice. Amen. So the saying, amen, this is like another sermon here. Amen. I said, this is another sermon. I started off on a different one this morning. But this one here, right here, the saying part of faith is not optional. It is essential. All right, let's try that again. I said, this is not some option. And then here's the Lord said it to me. He said, the authority of the believer is absolutely necessary. In other words, when Jesus taught on Mark eleven twenty two, 22, he did not say, well, this is some option. This would be some nice thing for you to know. When Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty three, 23, we call it the authority of the believer. It's not just available. All right, let's try that one more time here because I say, you, you don't understand what I'm saying. When Jesus taught on Mark eleven twenty three, 23, it's not just available. He said, this will be necessary in your life because you will have some mountains show up and you will have to move them. So this is not just some available thing. Actually, the devil will throw everything he can at you. Come on, in circumstances, everything they can. But you are not a victim. You are not helpless. You have authority. If you will submit to God, if you will resist the devil, he will flee from you. If you'll stand up to the devil, he'll flee from you. Or you could say it this way, God will not resist the devil for you. Or you could say it this way, Jesus has already done everything he's going to do about your salvation, your healing, your blessing. Now you and I have authority. We have faith in God, and mountains shall be removed. So the Lord said this to me also. He said, uh, if I would have added two words to the end of Mark eleven twenty three, everybody would be faith champions. I've been studying this since I was 17. That's over 50 years. So I'm trying to understand how faith works because faith is the victory, and I like to win. <laughs> Wouldn't y'all just rather win than lose? I mean, I'd rather win. So I'm trying to understand how faith works. So here's the way the Lord said it to me, a lot of different ways. He said, if I would have added two words to the end of Mark 11:23, everybody would be great faith champions. If I'd added two words, I said, what two words? He said, in church. <laughs> he said, because he should have whatsoever he saith. If I would have added in church, everybody would be a faith champion. He'll have whatsoever he saith in church. Because most people can control their mouth for an hour and a half while they're in church. He said, but I didn't say you have what you say in church. You have to have what you say after church and on Monday and at your house and while you're in your truck, come on, and while you're home by yourself, you cannot be silent. You're going to have to say something. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? 
When the wicked, even my enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though an host should encamp against me, I will not fear. The war should rise against me, and this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord, to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion, in the secret of his tabernacle. He shall hide me, and now shall my head be lifted up above my enemies round about me. Therefore, in his tabernacle will offer sacrifices of praise. I will sing praises unto the Lord. <laughs> Woo! Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Come on, just practice that for a little bit. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. The saying are the speaking part of faith. I'm going to say that one more time. The saying are the speaking part of faith. When you have faith in God, if you can believe all things are possible, when you have faith in God, then there's going to have to be a voice. You're going to have to say. You're going to have to say. 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 You're going to have to say. What you going to say about that? Come on. When Dad Hagen said the speaking part is in there three times, now listen close. He said the saying part's in that three times, so listen, listen close. He said it's in there three times, so you can school yourself into faith with your own words. You, you know what that means? When you're facing a challenge and there may be doubt, maybe circumstances, you school yourself into faith with your own words. Y'all still with me here? You may have doubt in your head, but you put the word in your mouth and school yourself into faith with your own words. Hallelujah. Boy, you ought to just say glory to God. I mean, I, oh, well, I, I know how faith works. Amen. I know how to have faith in God. Let's see. Look at Hebrews 13, 15 real quickly here because, huh? You like that one? Okay. My wife says she likes that one, so that's good. Praise the Lord. Hebrews 13, 15. Can you find that? All right, here's what Hebrews 13, 15 says. Praise the Lord. Y'all looking at it? That's why you don't open your Bible. Huh? <laughs> yeah? I like it. Who, who chose orange? Anyway, let's go. You chose the orange? There's the orange man back there. <laughs> All right, tonight, try blue. Okay. Anyway, by him, <laughs> by him, who's, who's him he's talking about? Y'all know who him is? By him, he's talking about Jesus, right? He's talking about Jesus because of what Christ has done. By him or in Christ, Therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. See that? 
By him, talking about Jesus, what Jesus has done for you. Praise the Lord. By him, everybody say, by Jesus, by him, so what Christ has done for us, through his blood, through the blood of his cross, by him, therefore let us, what, offer the sacrifice of praise to God every Sunday. No, no, I don't say Sunday. Offer the sacrifice. Uh-huh. See the word sacrifice? What do you think the sacrifice of praise means? Well, you could say, well, that means when you don't want to or feel like it. You, but really, the word sacrifice is used here because in the book of Hebrews, the word sacrifice is used all the time, referring to the sacrifice of the blood of Jesus. So your sacrifice of praise connects you to his sacrifice of his blood. All right, let's try this side over here. Y'all still here? So sometimes you say, well, I'm going to give a sacrifice. I don't feel like praise. But that's, this means more than just I don't feel like it. This means that when you make the choice to begin to praise God for what he's done for you in Christ and the power of his blood, then your sacrifice of praise connects you to the sacrifice of the blood of Jesus and the power of his blood. So I choose to give praise to God and a sacrifice continually the fruit of my lips means it's not just in my head it's not just in my heart it's coming right out of my mouth the fruit of my lips giving thanks unto his name <laughs> praise the lord come on i i will not be silent i lift my voice and i give thanks to god thank you lord praise god glory to god thank you lord Come on, I'm redeemed by the blood of Jesus. I'm washed by the blood. I'm a new creature in Christ. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I give thanks to God. Continually means what? I started in the morning. I do it in the afternoon. I do it at night. Continually, continual praise brings continual victory in your life. Continual praise. Praise the Lord. Go ahead and say, thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. All right, let's try that again because sometimes people say, they'll say, oh, you're just saying that. Exactly. I am saying that. Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. I'm redeemed by the blood. Praise the Lord. Somebody say, well, that, you don't have to do that. Hebrews 13, 15, by him. Come on. I give a sacrifice. I praise to God continually. The fruit of my lips. Come on, while you're in traffic, while you're driving. Come on, while you're in the house. Say what? Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. I give glory to God. Thank you, Lord. My faith is the victory. Come on, continual praise brings continual victory. So I will not be silent about it. Come on, I said, I will not be silent about it. My faith, amen, must have what? A voice. Now, and Dad Hagen said, you'll have to do three times more teaching on the saying part. Our people won't get it. Come on, how many ever had a day 
that you just didn't feel like saying nothing. All right, let's, let's try this out. You didn't feel like saying nothing. I, I'm going to sit here with my teeth in my mouth. I ain't saying nothing. Don't ask me nothing, and I ain't telling you nothing. Just shut up. Shut your pie hole. Come on, shut your face. Come on. Got nothing to say to you. Leave me alone. Well, that's a good way to get defeated. I said, that's a good way to get whipped. Matter of fact, if you want to ask people, you want to help people, don't even ask them how they're feeling. You pretty much know by looking at most people out there feeling like they've been kind of rough, anybody. So you, you don't even have to, you just know. So instead of asking people how they're feeling, ask them what you got to say about that. They, be, you, they say, about what? About what you're feeling right now. Come on, about what you're thinking right now. What you got to say about that? You going to let your mind and the devil's thoughts and imaginations whip you? The moment you open your mouth, the devil cannot dominate you. Come on, the moment, the moment you open your mouth. I mean, demons are afraid of you and demons are run from you. The moment you open your mouth, you can't afford to be quiet about that. Amen. Woo. So I learned this from Dad Hagen, too. So you want to hear this part of it. This is just a little extra. Dad Hagen said, the Lord told him, never talk lack. Lack. In other words, I don't have enough. I can't pay my bills. I don't have enough money. Come on. I don't have enough money. No transportation. Come on. My house, I don't have no house. They can't pay my electric bill. I don't have enough. He said, the Lord told him, never talk lack. The Lord Jesus told him, if you talk lack, it actually keeps money from coming to you. That's what he said. The Lord told him, don't talk lack. You know where the story comes from, if you want to know the whole story, is Dad Hagen is explaining to us his experience with faith. And he said, I was three months behind on my car payment, three months behind on my house uh, rent. He said, I was three months behind on my bills. And he said, I started praying. I said, Lord, Lord, how many ever faced a financial challenge? He said, I was three months behind. I was traveling around telling people about faith, and I was three months behind. And I said, Lord, I, I need a miracle. I need some money. Lord, I need some money. I'm broke. I need some money. And he said, the Lord spoke to him and said, never pray about money. The Lord said to him, he said, the money you need is not in heaven. I'm not printing money in heaven. He said, I'm not a counterfeiter. I'm not going to print no money and rain it down from heaven. The money you need is already in the earth. And I'm not the one keeping it from you. The devil is the one trying to keep it from you. So don't pray and ask me about money. He said, you say and use your authority as a believer. And you say, come on, don't talk lack. Like, say, the money will come. 
and then say, I claim. That's the way he said it. I'm, I'm only 17 when I heard him say it. And back in those days, all I needed was $400 a week. $400 a week, that's all I needed. So me and Trent are married and our kids are little. We were traveling. But, boy, you have some financial challenges. And so I need, and I'm not going to the top of the ladder. I'm just starting right here at the bottom because i got to prove it works at the bottom. If it don't work down here, I ain't going to try to go way up there. So I said, I claim $400 a week. And then I said, Satan, take your hands off my money. Oh, y'all got this already, huh? I said, Satan, take your hands off my money. Then I said, go, angels, and cause the money to come. Did you know angels will go when you speak the word? Angels will go out on assignment. Angels come because of your words. Go, angels, and call the money to come. For the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And I am an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. So the money will come. And it did. And I went, whoa. <laughs> I would throw in, I'm a tither. Come on, I'm a giver. The Lord multiplies my seed, so makes all grace. He opens the windows of heaven, pours out a blessing. I'll have a, come on, I throw in those things. And the money will come. Everybody say, the money will come. Amen. So don't talk lack. If you whine about lack, Keep talking how big the bills are. He said, it'll keep money from coming to you. Just say the money will come. Y'all still with me? Look at me. That's back when I was making $100 a week. I made 100 a week. That's my first job. Worked in the church. They paid me 100 a week. Well, then when I started traveling, my wife, I needed 400 a week. Well, I went and go preach at churches. The first church I preached at, one of the first churches. I had to stay in the back of the church. They had a Sunday school room in the back. They had a bed in the Sunday school room that was about 300 years old. <laughs> like it sunk <laughs> way down in the middle. And me and my wife and my kids had to stay in the Sunday school room. And I slept in that bed. Right, then you get up and you have church and then you find a, a restroom in the church, right? So that's where we stay. The pastor said, we're glad to have you. He said, you're going to preach for me Sunday through Wednesday. I said, uh, yes, sir. He said, how much is your budget? I said, it don't matter how much my budget is. Just whatever's the best offering you can give, I'll be fine. I don't demand any certain amount of money. Never have, never will. I don't ever tell nobody you have to give me a certain amount of money. He said, well, I just want to know how much your budget is. I said, it don't matter. Don't worry about my budget. It's my budget, and the Lord will take care of my budget. He said, please, I just want to know how much your budget is. <laughs> I said, if you, just must, if you must know, my budget is $400 a week. He went, oh, my God. No one 
has ever preached here and got more than $75 in a week. That's what he said to me. Maybe $100. I said, don't worry about it. You just get up and take the offering and tell people it goes to me. I'll preach the word and the money will come. No one's, just, no one's ever, don't expect 400 a week. I said, don't worry about it. Between me and the Lord. I'm the preacher. The Lord's the provider. So I said, the money will come. So after four days, I said, how are we doing? He, gave, he said, well, I have $400 for you. $400 came in off. He said, would you stay for a few more days? I said, sure. I said, but you know that makes my budget. He went, uh, I don't know how that could ever happen. We already had a miracle. I said, don't worry about it. That's between me and the Lord. How much I believe for a week. The next Sunday, he gave me $800. No one had ever given, he had never given anybody $100 before. But there is a God, come on now, bigger than you and your budget and your economy. Come on, if you will dare to believe God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. But you don't have to stop there. Once I proved the word worked there, then I went, I claim $1,000 a week. Satan, I command you. Go angels call some money to come. Guess what happened? 1000 a week came in. I went, there is a God. And I do have faith in God. Once I started bringing in 1000 a week, guess what I did? I said, I claim $2,000 a week. Y'all still here? It went up to 2000 a week. And I went, there is a God. wonder if I could take it any higher. I claim $3,000 a week. Y'all still here? Amen. Then when I started pastoring, I claimed $7,000 a week. 7000 a week started coming in when I was passion. Then I started claiming 10000 a week. Then 10000 a week started coming in. Then I said, I claim $20,000 a week. $20,000 a week started coming in. Then I went to 30000 a week, and 30000 a week came in. Then I went to 40000 a week, and 40000 a week. Then I went to 50000 a week, and 50000 a week came in. Then I went to 60000 a week, and 60000 a week. Then I went to 70000 a week, and 70000 a week. Then I went to 80000 a week, and 80000 a week came Then I went to 90000 a week, and 90000 a week. Then I went to $100,000 a week. 100,000 a week. Then I went to 110,000 a week. 110,000. Come on. Then I went to 150,000 a week. 150,000 a week. Come on. I went to 160,000. 160,000 a week came in. There is a God. Come on now. I'm not God. Have faith in God. Come on. Quit looking to man. Quit looking to people. Have faith in God. Amen. Have faith in God. God is able to make all grace abound. Have faith in God. Use your authority as a believer. Don't just complain about the economy and he claim, come on, complain about you're not getting paid enough and complain why you're getting minimum wage. Come on, you're a tither, you're a giver, you're a, a sower. God opens the windows of heaven. God pours out a blessing. You don't have room enough to receive it. Yes. Amen. That's why I love tithing and giving. Amen. 
I love the word of faith. Amen. Because the first church I pastored, they had a board, you know, over the church. So the board took me in the office, and the board said, uh, you're going to be making, I think it was like $150 a week. And I had a wife and two little kids. The board said, you're going to make $150 a week. I said, thank you very much. That's such a blessing. My first job, 1976 or 77, my first church. You're going to make $150 a week. I said, well, thank you. That's very gracious. But as soon as they left the room, you know what I said? Y'all still with me here? Don't get mad at me now. Just listen to me because I'm having faith in God. So, so as soon as they left the room, you know what I said? You know what I said while they was in the room? I said, thank you very much. Very great. You know what I said after they left the room? I said, there ain't no man big enough to tell me how much money I make. I'm a tither. I'm a giver. And God's going to multiply my seeds. I'll make all great amounts of me. In other words, don't try to put a limit on me. Come on. People say, well, I, I, I'm, on a, I'm on a limited income. What is that? I'm on a, I'm on a fixed income. People say, I'm on a fixed income. You know what I say? I say, who fixed it? <laughs> who fixed it? Ain't nobody big enough to fix your income. When you're a tither, when you're a sower, when you have faith in God, come on, every time you give or sow your seed, you're saying, God is going to multiply my seed song. Come on, God's the source of my supply, not just a job. Come on, not what, even what the church have paid me. Come on, the church ain't my source. Come on, God, my Father God, he, he takes care of me in grand style. Come on, I drive the best, wear the best, eat the best, live in the best, and I give the best. Thank you, Father God. Come on, my faith is talking. I said my faith is talking. Your faith has to do some talking. Anybody got your faith talking yet? Come on. So my faith is talking. Come on, let your faith talk. Come on, everybody else wants to talk. Let your faith talk. Your feelings want to talk. Come on, your kin folks want to talk. Put God's word in your mouth. Say, let me just agree with God right now. The Lord is my shepherd. All right, let's try it one more time. I learned all this from Kenneth E. Hagin, Dad Hagin. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I do not lack. I do not lack for ability. I do not lack for opportunity. That means God's always opened up new doors for you. New opportunity. I do not lack for ability. I do not lack for opportunity. And I never lack for money. I never lack for money. I'm a tither. I'm a giver. And the money will come. The money will come. Go ahead and laugh about that for me. The money will come. Come on now. Amen. Did y'all listen? Did y'all listen to what I said? 
I'm talking about 50 years. Y'all still with me? I said 50 years. You don't start out and then by next Friday everything goes right to the top. You may start off at the bottom of the ladder, but if you'll believe God and speak the word of God, come on, a year later, five years later, ten years later, you'll look back and you'll say, look what the Lord has done. Well, give the Lord a shout, hallelujah. I'm going to go sit down. Come on, pastor, amen. God bless you abundantly. Praise the Lord. <laughs> hallelujah. Glory to God. You, you know, Pastor Mike, when you were saying the money will be there, and when we first came back here, we, that's, we did everything by faith. We cut out pictures. We would watch Vicki Jameson on TV, on a snowy TV and yeah. everything. And I remember we had an opportunity to buy a building, and um, we had 25 people. We had one tither in the church. We didn't, have, we didn't have anything. We were both working. But I just, we both wanted, we both felt like to go ahead for this building. So we, we go into the city. We go into this bank. We've got nothing. And the, the blank off, but we're, we're speaking the word of God. We're believing for this building. And the bank officer says, well, you really don't have anything, but you got a lot of momentum. You got, you got I forget the word he said, you know. He said, you, you seem like enthusiasm. He said, I'll tell you what, if you can come up with $25,000, we'll let you take over the loan for this church building. And so we left, and we're just trying to figure out how we're going to get $25,000. And so we go before the people, and, and we heard that to have, have a, uh, like have something, a focal point. And so I didn't, I didn't know how we were going to get that $25,000, but I we had to have it by a certain date. And I remember... I said, God, I don't know how you're going to do it, but we're going to be in that church by September 15th. So we would just confess that over and over. We're going to be there by September 15th. Well, we had raised $15,000, and closing was coming in seven days. And we needed $10,000, and we just kept, and I kept, we kept getting up before the people saying, we're going to be in our building by seven, September 15th. And somebody said to us, they said, all, the only faith we had is when you guys kept getting up there and saying we were going to be in our building by September 15th. So um, I came home one day, and we had my brother-in-law living with us. And they were, they were, him and Pastor were sitting in the living room, and they said, the real estate, no, you know, they want to know if we have the money. And, he, and I said, well, just tell him, just, and, and Pastor Ed, he's, he grew up in church, so he's like, and I'm not going to lie to him. So I started praying in the spirit. I said, God, what do I do? And anyhow, when you said the money will be there, I remember calling, we, we, we called the real estate, and the guy said, I know you guys are Christians and you're believing. And I said, we didn't know where this 10000 was coming from. And I said, the money will be there, and, and the guy said, the money will be there? Do you have it now? I said, the money will be there. And it was just a couple of days before the closing, we got a check in the mail for $10,000. And we were able to move in that building. It was so, and you brought that back to my, my memory when you said that. So I'm telling you, the word of God is true and it works, and I just feel, you know, like every, you know, when 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 Mark and Trina come, we get infused with faith, even though we're learning it. It's just like a spirit of faith. If you'll catch it, you'll see things change. Amen. 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 
Amen. With that, we're going to close with a worship song. Come back tonight. Oops, go ahead. I believe that's a word from the Lord, a rhema word. The money will come. It'll be there. If you have a need, if you're believing God and you've planted seed, you're, lift up your hand right here. Hallelujah. Father God, I just see every hand lifted up. You do too. And Father, people have sowed. They have believed. They have, they have stepped out upon your word. You've spoken to them. I thank you for the word today. Hallelujah. That the money will come. Hallelujah. Lift two hands up and say, thank you, Lord, that the money will come. I'll not worry. It's on the way. Hallelujah. It's mine. I have it now. Ha, ha, ha.